Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone, all the way from America, founding member of GA20, Matthew Stubbs. Matt, are you well? Good, thanks for having me. <laughs> not a problem, not a problem. Now, before we go any further, the band is named after the Gibson amp from the 50s. Is that Correct. because that was the first amp you bought? Uh, it was not was not the first amp I bought, but it's the amp that we, we still use and we, we were using when we first started uh, doing gigs. Right, so it has a certain tone about it, though. Yeah, great sound and old tweed amp. They're great. Yeah. Uh, now, the band was formed back in 2018 by yourself and Pat, uh, but you've been playing for quite some time before that, haven't you? Yeah, I've been playing my whole life. Uh, I also, I still am playing guitar for uh, Charlie Musselwhite, who's a well-known older blues uh, legend. I've been with him for about 14 years. Yeah, that, there is a man I would love to chat to. If you can put the word in for me, I'll be most appreciative. <laughs> Um, but okay. you also have another band called the Antiguas, don't you? I do, yep. So that's my kind of fun side project. It's uh, all instrumental. It's more like psychedelic rock, blues type stuff. It's quite one end of the spectrum to the other with that, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Uh, it was. It's, uh, the Antiguas been around actually longer than GA20. It was, it was, I started that a few years ago um, just when I was off the road from Charlie here and there I would have something you know a different outlet something else to play other than just straight blues uh, the band formed GA20 because of your love of uh, traditional blues R&B rock is that the kind of stuff you were listening to in your youth uh, yeah as, as as a kid I listened to mostly blues music uh, and early R&B that was kind of like from age probably 15 to 22 that's pretty much all I was listening to with it, a little jazz as well but these days I listen to all kinds of music, you know, but uh, the actual foundation of me learning to play guitar, I was I was pretty focused on blues my whole childhood. Is that because that was what you were hearing around you, or did you seek it out? Well, my father's a guitarist, and he had a band, so my exposure to music was his band, you know, rehearsing once a week, or I would go to his gigs, and he's uh, very much into early rock and roll and blues, so... I think we're just, you know, yeah, I was, I was around it through because of him. I mean, this is one question that I do ask quite a lot of people. Was there a particular track or artist that turned you on to that kind of music? Uh, I mean, I guess back then, the, th- the thing that really got me listening to blues was probably, like a lot of people, I heard Jimi Hendrix, you know, and then from Jimi Hendrix, I, my father told him, I was like, oh, if you like that, you might like Albert King or Buddy Guy, so... I just kind of kept digging deeper and deeper, but I, I, you know, I'd say I'd say Hendrix was probably one of the earlier ones that really got you. Know, I really enjoyed. Right, and you say you've been playing guitar with uh, Charlie Musselwhite for getting on for fourteen years now. How did you get that gig? At the time, I was living in Los Angeles and playing with another blues artist. His name was John Namath, and we would we were doing tours, and every tour he would use different musicians would be in the band. He didn't have like a set band, and but one of the tours we did, the drummer was June Core, and that's Charlie's drummer. And we became friends, and when Charlie needed a guitar player, he was nice enough to uh, recommend me to Charlie. Right. So, you, so I lucked out. You've toured all over the place with that, I assume. Well, Charlie? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been all over the world many, many times. Is there a particularly memorable gig? 
With Charlie? Oh, man, there's, so, there's a lot. Um, right before the pandemic, we were out on tour, and it was a triple bill. It was Charlie Musselwhite, Jimmy Vaughn, and Buddy Guy. So we did two tours with them. That was pretty awesome. Um, a few years back, we Charlie's band backed up Charlie, John Hammond, and James Cotton. Uh, so it was cool. I got to play guitar behind those guys. I'd say those those are probably two that stick out to me that are really memorable. Yeah. Now, going back to GA20, your debut album, Lonely Soul, uh, when that came out, that went to number two on the Billboard Blues charts. It did, yep. And then you released Live Volume 1, which went to number one on the Billboard Blues charts. It did, did, yep. So you must have been thinking, wow, this is easy. Well, I don't think it was easy. (laughs) We were lucky, lucky and, and, you know, Billboard is, uh, they come up with those numbers because of sales, so we're we're happy that... uh, people were buying the record and the new the new one the new hound dog record hit number one as well so yeah we're, we almost we almost got three number ones number two and then two number ones so the hound dog taylor one uh for people that don't know it's basically uh a reworking of the hound dog taylor album try it you might like it and that's been done as a 50th anniversary of that release hasn't it yeah this is this is the 50th anniversary of hound dog's first lp and the start of alligator records who mm. Bruce, the owner of the, the label, started started it to put out because he couldn't get Hound Dog a, a record deal at the time, so he just started Alligator for that. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, did they approach you about this idea, or was it something that you pitched to them? Alligator reached out to us in July, a year ago, July, about doing something with them. It wasn't it wasn't the Hound Dog thing. They wanted us to do a record, but we're already we already signed with the Coal Mine Records, mm-hmm. so. I kind of came up with the idea knowing it was the 50th anniversary and I wanted to work with Alligator, but also we're very happy with Coal Mine. So I, I kind of pitched it to both labels um, about releasing it together, like a, like a, a dual release. Um, so both labels promoted it and got behind it. And uh, so it was my, it was my idea just because we have another record done, but when the pandemic hit, we wanted to hold off releasing that until we could tour behind it. Yeah. That album it was the first album ever to be played in its entirety on Dr. Boogie Radio Show. Oh, wow, really? Apparently so, apparently so. I've never actually heard Dr. Boogie's radio show, but uh, apparently that was the first album ever where he's played the whole album. Okay, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> it's an education. Cool. The single, Nagging On My Mind, uh, that featured yep. Charlie Musselwhite, with, obviously you know Charlie of old, and Luther Dickinson. So yep. did he come on board through Charlie? Uh, I know I asked Luke, Luther to do it. Um, I've known Luther for a few years. Um, I met him on, I think it was one of the Charlie tours, the North Mississippi All-Stars, and we're doing some double bills with Charlie and us. But uh, that was that's the first single we ever released, and I, Charlie was nice enough to jump on there on harmonica, and I just I uh, wanted some slide on that one, and that was before Pat really got into playing slide. So I just I just asked Luther, and he was, he was down to do it. You say you've got a, another album in the pipeline on the back burner there. Is that coming out sometime soon? It, it looks like it's going to be coming out in May 2022. Right. And you say you're going to be touring with that as well? I hope so, yeah. So would that incorporate the UK? I know uh, our label, not label, the agent is working on a bunch of stuff in Europe and the UK right now. I'm not sure when. Just because of COVID, yeah, I'm not sure when it's all going to actually happen, but uh, there, he's definitely working on it. You were saying about the uh, the Billboard Blues charts that those charts are based on sales. 
You've been nominated yep. a couple of times for the Boston Music Awards for Best Blues Act of the Year. Is that uh, a group of your peers that decide that, or is that uh, audience members, fans? To be honest, I'm not sure. I, I think I think uh, they have like a nominating committee, um, so I'm, I'm not sure who's on the committee for the Boston Music Awards. We got we've been nominated, I think, two or three times, and we won we won once. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure who it is. I know they have a committee, right? So we've got the album that's out now, the Hound Dog Taylor album. You've got another one coming out possibly in May next year with a tour to coincide with that. Uh, you are you talking with Charlie at some point? Yeah, I just actually did some gigs with Charlie a couple of weeks ago, um, and I have a few things in February with him uh, down south. Busy times for you at the moment, then. I would say it's busy, yeah. Yeah, and I'll bet you're glad of that after last year. Yeah, it's good to be back to work, uh, playing music and, and traveling a bit. It, uh, it was a, it was a long time to sit on the couch, like like everybody, I'm sure. Well, you said that the album due for release next May. That was actually recorded and due for release, but then the pandemic hit. So, have you got more songs lined up for the next album? I actually, so yeah, we have an album coming out in May, but we have two other records also done. So we have three, actually three that are complete, ready to go. Wow, you could release them as a box set. We could do a box set, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we just we we got we got you know we recorded a bunch of stuff during the pandemic. We had a couple things done before the pandemic, ready to release. So at this point, we're just gearing up to release and uh, tour and promote. So 2022 is going to be pretty full on for you. I think so. <laughs> well, fingers crossed for that, and thank you for taking the time out to have this chat. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for talking to me. And uh, I wish you all the best for the future, and maybe we can do this again sometime. I hope so. Okay, you take care. All right, have a good one. Thank you. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.